Hallelujah. We've waited for this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with you. You're the reason, Lord. And you're the reason we're singing. And open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. Your glory on our face, we're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. And open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. 
Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Worship the Lord, church. Honor his presence. 
the Lord. Hallelujah. He is worthy. There is none like him. Hallelujah to you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of all. Slain from the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship. Lord, we praise your name. Let 
How is everybody doing this morning? God bless you. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I brought a little buddy with me today that I'm going to be using somewhere through this ordeal. So we'll see how this goes. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. As you know, when you came in, the offering plates or, or baskets are to the left and the right. If you would like to give on the way out or on the way in, either one, we appreciate that. I've got a note I want to read before I get started today. Thank you. Dear church family, thank you for your prayers, food, and beautiful Bible honoring my mother. We are blessed to be a part of Gap Hill, and that's love from the Stone family. So we're praying for you guys during this time. I think it's the first time you've been back in church since she passed, isn't it? Sure is. 
Many of you know, so good to see you with us, Miss Bonnie, today. Miss Masters, God bless you. It's good to see you today. Been thinking about you lately as well. Everybody, so good to see everybody, man, everybody here today. And we also welcome our Facebook Live. We were able to fix that. We were having some issues with that, but we were able to get it fixed. And so today we have a Facebook Live audience as well. So for our church folks that didn't feel comfortable coming, guess what? They are able to watch us right now. So that is great, isn't it? I'm glad that we've still got our family with us today, even though it's through Facebook Live and not in a physical location. But thank God that we can reach you in both areas today. If you have your Bibles, let's get right to it in the book of Exodus is where I want to go in chapter 4. How many of you enjoyed the front yard preacher? That's what I'm talking about. My, uh, my folks would come by, my neighbors would come by, and they always wave at me, and I just wave at them. I was trying to preach one morning, and the neighbor's dog decided that, that he was going to come visit. And so he come up. I don't know if any of you saw me. I tried to hide it, and I was doing like that right there to the dog. <laughs> just kept going. You, you can't stop. You're already in the middle of it, so keep going. I just shoot him right away. God's good, isn't he? Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to let you stand for the reading of the word so you can stretch out just a little bit today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Now, before you change that, Chevy, go back to verse 1. I'm sorry. Now, there's one thing I want you to notice here, and that's the word suppose. I see suppose several times in this. Sometimes we make problems bigger than they are because we suppose that something's going to happen. And sometimes I'm afraid that in our supposing we create monsters that aren't even there. We just suppose. So Moses says, suppose they're not going to believe me or suppose this or that or the other. God doesn't need you to do that. When God calls you, just go and do it because God's going to take care of the rest. Somebody ought to say amen. Verse 2, so the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod or today, some versions call it. A stick. A stick. So he cast it on the ground. I'm not going to try it because if God did it, I would run and y'all have to get Pastor Brian to finish the sermon. <laughs> so he cast it on the ground. And when he cast it on the ground, this stick became a serpent. And Moses did what most of us would do. He fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out and take your hand and, or reach out your hand and take it by the tail. He reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. The first snake handling church, it was Brother Moses. <laughs> Everybody can be seated today. I, if, if I were to show you this today, is there anything? I, I kind of like this setup, man. I got people all around me. This is amazing. We should move these chairs so y'all can see me, shouldn't I? Let me move these. I'll move these out your way. Let's get these out the way, folks. These people are trying to see me over here. I can't see their face. There we go. Praise the Lord. I'm back to the camera. I'm sorry, Brendan. If I were to show you this today, is there anything special about this? If, if, if I tried to auction this off today and said, I need anybody to start the bidding at $50. Is there anybody in here that is willing to bid $50 for this? This is a special stick, folks. To you, this is nothing special. You would say that's just a stick. And that's what I want to talk on today. That title right there, just 
a stick. I, I want to share something with you today about the supernatural. I'm talking about when heaven meets earth. See, we live in a, a world that is interested in the supernatural and in the spiritual, even though not all cases are, is, is it super spiritual or holy spiritual, but they call it spiritual. In movie and in TV shows, we crave the supernatural more now than we ever have before. Is there anybody in the house that is a sci-fi fan? Anybody like sci-fi? Do you know why you like sci-fi? Because of the supernatural that takes place. I'll go with you. I enjoy it as well. Believe it or not, I love it. I love it because when natural people are able to do supernatural things, that grabs my attention. And I'm like, aha, this is fun. So once you get used to the supernatural, and, 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 the, and the wife or the husband, sometimes, listen, my wife enjoys shows like me too, but the wife or the husband, man, I want one of those Hallmark movies. And you look at it and say, I ain't watching no Hallmark movie, I need some action. I don't need hugging and love. I need some action. I want to see swords and I want to hear guns and, and I want to see people with their hands just grab somebody and throw them in the air and never touch them. It's because there's a craving for the supernatural. And once you get adjusted to that type TV or that type show, it is hard to go back to the other. Why? Because the other is just boring. Now, can I tell somebody today that Jesus Christ is desiring for His church to have supernatural things happening inside of it? Can I tell you that there was a day that the supernatural took place in the church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever seen God perform a miracle? I'm talking about with your own eyes. Has anybody ever watched God do something that was impossible to be done? I've seen people that couldn't walk, get up and walk. And I understood the supernatural has just happened. It is beyond my abilities. There's no human that has this capability. It's got to be the supernatural. So can I say it this way? That when the apostle Peter after Acts chapter 2 has been baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 3 he's walking by a man that is lame and he looks at him and he says give us some silver and gold to which Peter and John, this is the early church, to which Peter and John respond, silver and gold have I none but such as I have I'm going to give to you. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you rise up and walk. And immediately the man got up and started leaping, walking, leaping, praising God, running through the temple, saying, look what the Lord has done. Do you understand what has just taken place is a supernatural move of God. Now I'm going to say it this way. Once you've experienced the supernatural, that world... The, main, the mundane and the routine becomes boring. Regular church becomes boring. Just listening to a sermon after a while through the years, it becomes boring. Another song is boring. What we are craving is what many in the natural world are craving today and calling it spiritual. But we know ours is spiritual for it comes from God above. What we are really craving, ladies and gentlemen, is not a new program, not a new pastor, not a new song leader, not a new congregation. What we are craving is the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in our churches. That is what we're craving. Now listen to me. I want to show you this today. So, so there is a hunger like never before. It's amazing 
that, that when we go to churches nowadays, instead of the supernatural, in many places they've taken the names such as this, cold, dead, dull, dry church. There's not much mention of supernatural power going on. But I want to begin by letting you know today that God has the power to show us the supernatural again. If we could just believe and call on His name, God is ready and He is willing to do something in our midst that we've never seen done before. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. All at a time when the world is crying for a demonstration of supernatural power and they're getting it from their TV shows and from their movies we ought to be able to say come see a man that has done things that I never thought possible and God needs to show this world the supernatural doesn't have to happen on a TV set you don't have to watch a vampire and a werewolf to get you going what you need is to get in the house of God where the Holy Ghost is flowing that's where the supernatural is my God almighty somebody give God a hand clap of praise today I feel Man, thank you, God. So today we have Moses. He has this stick. Now, just a stick. And there's three points I want to make. The first thing is this. You have to be willing to be used again. Somebody say again. Not the first time. I'm talking about you've got to be willing to be used again. And the cleaning people are going to hate me this week. I am shedding stick everywhere. You have to be willing to allow God to use you again. God, if you recall in the scripture, God told Moses after 40 years of being in the desert. He says, I'm ready, Moses, to use you again. Moses had grown to the age of 40 years old. He was in Egypt. You know the story. He killed an Egyptian. When he killed an Egyptian, he fled to Jethro's house. And then he's there tending to the sheep on the backside of the desert. A man of God as great as Moses sat in the desert for 40 years. And then God comes to him through a burning bush, think about what I'm telling you, and says, Moses, Moses, it's time for me to use you again. Can I tell you what our problem is? Our problem is simply this. I've heard people say, man, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for God to use me. What if God's not ready to use you yet? See, and we think that whenever God, God oh God, I'm ready to be used. Why ain't God using me? Where's God at? But then there's times that God knocks on our heart's door and says, hey, I need you to do something. And we reject that. It's not the right time for us. Listen, it's not about when you're ready to be used by God that matters. It's about when God is ready for you to be used. And so he comes to Moses after 40 long years. Now, everybody know Moses is 80 years old. Do I have anybody 80 years old? Exactly 80 years old. Really? James, I would have never guessed. I thought James was 65 80 years old. Now, now, there goes Moses. That's my Moses right there. 80 years old. Moses thinks his life's over. Ain't nothing else I can do, man. I've lived my life. I've done my thing. But here all of a sudden, God says, Moses, I need you. See, folks, let me tell you something. God don't always need energy. Sometimes he needs a brain. Woo! There's some jobs that you've got to have somebody like me that's pumped and primed and ready to go. But there's other jobs that you need people that are going to slow down and use their brain and really just think that thing through. And sometimes we get that with experience. We get that as we age. As I, as I age, I grow. I learn. And you, hopefully you have grown and learned. If you haven't and, and still 80 and dumb, then I can't help you. 
But normally you grow, you get smarter, you learn life's lessons, you do things that you regret. And you say, I'm never doing that again. So what I'm telling you, there's times that God needs that older vessel that he says, I need to use you now. But God, there's some young people that can do that. Moses, I don't need a younger man. I need somebody that's got the power of the Holy Spirit that's been serving me for many, many years that's got some wisdom. I need somebody that's already infiltrated Egypt and is familiar with the landscape. I need somebody that knows where the Nile River is. Moses, I don't need a younger person. I need you. Isn't that powerful? So to everyone out there today that you say, God's already finished with me. There's nothing else I can do. I want to say to you today, God is not finished with you yet. And I need to say to you today that though you feel helpless and hopeless and you're a lost case. And now you're just getting in other people's way. I need you to understand that there's a God in heaven that if you would just become a stick in his hand. Just a stick. Nothing special. But if you would be a stick in his hand, he would take you and he would turn you into the supernatural. He would use you again. He would let you dream again. He would empower you to walk in faith again. Moses, I need you. Hallelujah. After 450 years of bondage, God says to Moses, you're the man. You're the man I'm going to use to deliver my people. Secondly, when God gets ready to use you, you must overcome your fears. Moses had his doubts about his abilities. He has a doubt. Am I able to do this? So God asked him a simple question, and he says, Moses, what is that in your hand? Lord, it's just a stick. See, there's some of you in here, you need to understand what God needs to know. He doesn't need to know what you don't have. God, have mercy. I'm preaching today, son. What God needs to know is what you do have. Because what you don't have doesn't matter. Because the job he's calling you for, you don't need that stuff. But you do need what's in your hand. Who would have thought just the stick is going to deliver a 450 years of bondage Israeli people? I mean, who, who would have ever thought with this stick? But God says, Moses, what is this in your hand? Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. That thing starts swirling around. It's a snake. He picks it up and says, take the stick back in your hand. It becomes just a stick. The supernatural happens. Now, I want to I show you something here. You may have never thought about it. When he throws the stick on the ground, the stick becomes a snake. What did Moses do? He ran from it. Can I say it this way? There's some of us that when God asks you what you got, you've got what you need in your hand, but you're running from it. Can I say it that way? But God said you don't need to run from it. You need to embrace it. You need to pick it up, put it in your hand. Point number three, and I'm going to preach a few things to you here. You must remain humble when God decides that he's going to elevate you. If God's going to give you a promotion, you've got to stay humble through it all. Listen to me. The greatest part of the miracle was not that the stick turned into a snake. The greatest miracle was that the snake turned back into a stick. Can you go and be humble after God has given you a time on the mountaintop? If God decides to use you in a special way, will you be able to come down from that high experience and still be humble when you hit the ground. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about? It's so easy when God uses me. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, I, I, I've preached sermons before and thought to myself, that was the worst sermon you've ever preached in your life. And I go home and I tell myself, man, you just, you really bombed it today. 
That's my little, me and, me and my brain. I guess it's the devil talking to me sometimes. But then there's other services that I think to myself. I'm just being real with you. I think, whew, you, you nailed it today, boy. I'm telling you right now. And those are the moments that God reminds me, you didn't do anything. You've allowed me to, to you. See, see, I want to look at this stick from two different ways, all right? I want to look at the stick that's in your hand as your talent. As the thing that God give, God's given you that you can use. You understand? But I also want to look as, at the stick as me in the hands of my master. See, I, I'm not much of anything. But when you put me just a stick, nothing special. A lot of people don't know my name. But when you put me in the hands of the master... All of a sudden, I'm going places. I'm, I'm preaching sermons better than I've ever preached them before. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who's holding me in his hand. Because I was willing to become a stick. Just a stick. Just a vessel that he could take and use in his kingdom. That's what God's looking for. Can you just be a stick in the master's hand? Can you handle success and still walk in humility? You know, there's some people, I'm just going to preach it straight today. You ready for this? There's some of you, you just hide, you've hid your calling. That's what you've done. You've hid your calling. All right? You can sing. Ain't nobody in this church know you can sing. Some of you can play the piano. If I told people in this church, oh, they play the piano. You know what they'd say? Well, I didn't realize they played the piano. There's people that tried to hide their talents. But God's calling you out today. And he's wanting you to know it's time for you to use what's in your hand. It is time for you to use your gift. It is time for you to walk in your anointing. He didn't call you just to sit on a pew. He didn't call you just to fill a space in the earth because we need more people in the population. He called you because he had a special work for you. And Moses, I'm speaking to you now. It is time for you to be used. It's time. You've been camouflaged. You've been staying back here on the backside of the desert. I mean, listen, who in the Bible can you think of any greater than Moses? I mean, this guy fasted and prayed 40 days and 40 nights on a mountain. God inscribes the Ten Commandments on tablets for him. Anybody, has God done that for any of y'all lately? All right, then. I, I just want to make a point. He has it for me either. He did for Moses. A man of God that when he comes off the mountain, he is shining so brightly like those lights beaming in my eyeballs right now. That's fine, Chevy. Leave them where they are. He would wear a veil over his face because people say, Moses, you're too bright for me to look in, uh, look at your face. Too bright, like looking into a bright light. You got to cover your face. Anybody had that happen lately? Y'all been having to wear any veils? Y'all been, yeah, I did 50 years ago when I got married. I ain't talking about that, all right? It ain't because we were hiding the glow, all right? Let's just face it. It's just tradition, right? Listen to me. What I'm telling you is Moses is a man of God. But for 40 years, nobody knows his name. Can you believe that? For 40 years. And then when Moses dies, to think that nobody buries Moses, God takes Moses and buries him. God buries Moses. 
And whenever we say the two witnesses come back in Revelation, we're, we're almost positive, most Bible scholars, that Moses is going to be one of those men with Elijah is what most say. But Moses, what a man of God. Nobody knows where his bones are to this day because God took him. God buried him. It's just a suspicious thing. It's a curious thing. But this is how special Moses is to God. Even God said the meekest man on the earth is who? Moses. For 40 years, he's watching sheep. What a waste of his calling. What a waste of his anointing. But he killed an Egyptian. He fled for his life. He didn't know what else to do. And God finally comes to him 40 years, old, uh, 40 years later, 80 years old. And he says, Moses, why are you here? Why are you camouflaging yourself? Why are you staying in the background? I'm about to make you the most prominent man that the world's ever known. You are about to be the apple of my eye. You are about to be the highlight. Do you hear what I'm telling you today? And there's some of you today, you may be camouflage now but God has wanted me to tell you it is time for you to quit running from it it's time for you to run to your calling to your anointing to that place that God wants to use you my God Moses I'm going to use you you will have to overcome fear you're going to have to pick up that stick you're going to have to work, walk in your anointing you remember the story whenever God was ready to redeem the world from sin he allowed his son to die. And as you can see on my screen, it's simply what? Two sticks. Even the son of man. Even the son of God. Just a stick. Just a tree. Is what he was hung on and allowed to die that formed the cross. Sometimes all God needs to save the world is a stick. And some of you miss that, but you'll get it when you get home. Sometimes all that God needs to save the world is a stick. For it was on that cross that Jesus would die and everybody that has ever been a sinner will be saved. All because of just, just, just a stick. Just because he hung on that old rugged cross. Can I tell somebody today that you, you're just a stick in the hand of God. But if you'll take your talent and if you'll use it for the kingdom of God, even though it's just a stick, you can reach untold thousands for Jesus Christ. You can play your music. You can sing your song. You can teach your Sunday school class. You can preach your sermon just be a stick in the hand of God like Moses let him use you let him use you so God is looking we, we, we think the supernatural that we have to do the supernatural we have to be special we have to be wonderful we have to be super spiritual and God is not looking for that at all he's walking around the yard just looking for some sticks that's something in your hand that God's given you. I have my weaknesses. I have my strengths. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can anybody say amen to that? I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. Alright, let's just face it. You do too. I said the other week, if some of you ask me to work on your car, you've got the wrong guy for the job. If it's broke when I get to it, it's going to be worse when I get finished with it. I'm not the guy to call. I know I can't do it. It's just not my forte. I just, I just, and I've never, I mean, go to Dale Eller. He's good at that stuff. Really good at it. Yeah, see, his wife gave him a hand clap. Browning points. Good job. Good job. You got a fan in here, Dale. God knows what you're good at, and he knows what you're not good at. That's why God's put other people around you. See, I don't need to do other people's calling. I need to do my calling. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. 
And what some of you need to do is to quit looking at everybody else and their ministries and what they do and coveting what they have. And you need to ask God, say, God, what's in my hand? Maybe God's going to come and ask you that question. What can you do? Now, I try to love people and I try to care for people. But I've seen some people that literally have the gift of just caring and helping people. Has anybody met anybody like that? Have you ever met anybody that when you got ready to talk, that they just listened and you don't know why? You just poured it all out, but you spilt the beans? Sometimes it's people you don't even know. And you're just spilling the beans. It's because what's in their hand. You don't see it, but God gave it to them. And all they're doing is using what God gave them. And they've got the gift of helps. They'll never preach on a stage. They'll never have lights on them. They'll never play any of the music in the church. They may sit on the back pew and be in the background. Just like Moses on the back side of a desert. But when it comes time, buddy, they're ready to go and help somebody and care for somebody. And love on somebody. Is somebody hearing what I'm preaching to you today? Don't use what's in somebody else's hand. Use what's in your hand. Just a simple stick. So, I want to close with this today. So, all God needs is not what somebody else has. What God needs is exactly what is in your hand. That's all He needs. I need you to understand that today. I hear people say, well, I wish God, you know, God could use me if I could do this or if I could do that. No. You need to quit looking at what you don't have. And you need to look at what you do have. Because there is everybody in this room today, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, everyone sitting in this room, there's a stick in your hand. There is a gift in your life. There is that when you were born, God had already put it there. You may not know what it is yet, but you need to pray and ask God to show you what it is. Because I promise you, there's a stick in your hand. There's a gift in your hand. And then you, in essence, become a stick in the hand of God. He uses your ability. For his kingdom and the upbuilding of it. A simple shepherd's stick. That's what it was. He's asking you to pick it up. Allow him to use it for you. Quit thinking you're an addict. Like Moses. And I could read the story. He goes on and, and he keeps saying things like, Lord, I can't talk. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I can't, can't do that. So quit thinking you can't do it. Quit thinking that you're too small to dream this big. I'm a big dreamer. Do I have any big dreamers in here? You're a big dreamer. Thank God. Do I have small dreamers in here? I got a couple small dreamers. That's all right. I'm glad for the two people that cooperated with me there. <laughs> we got one big dreamer, two big dreamers, and one small dreamer. My Lord, if we can get together, we can have one and a half. Ain't that what that equals? Like a, if we can get together, we can make this thing really good. Let me tell you something, folks. Dream big. Dream bigger than you're dreaming right now. If God is the God that we claim He is, if the God is the God of the Bible that I've read to you and I've preached to you for over two years from behind this podium, let me tell you something. On this stage, I preach over two years the God that we serve. If the God that I serve is really who I say He is, you need to dream bigger. And you need to dream better. And if you think that God can only do this, then you need to dream a little more because God is going to do just a little more. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Moses, you go to Egypt, you go face the strongest Pharaoh that's ever been, and you look him in the eyeball, and you say, I am that I am has sent you. How do I know that God has sent you? 
Can you imagine Moses? I mean, this guy can kill him. All he's got to say is, kill this guy. He's crazy. He's crazy. He, somebody said, oh, oh yeah, I remember he killed Jethro, that, 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 that little Egyptian. He killed Jethro. Why don't you, we need to kill him, king. That ain't what happened. But Moses could have been a little fearful going back to the place that he had committed a murder that had been basically not punished. All right? He's still a murderer. And when he gets there, Pharaoh's like, how can I know that this God you're talking about is real? The supernatural king. God, and I can see Moses, he's standing on, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? And all of a sudden, God whispers, and Moses, what is that in your hand? Oh, the stick. The stick. Pharaoh, you watch this, boy. Hope it's turning. Aaron, is it turning into a snake? Because that's what it's supposed to do. And he turns around and there's a snake. Well, the magicians say, we operate in that. We got this spiritual stuff too. We can do the supernatural too. And through the work of the devil, the devil's real folks, they had staffs too. And sticks too. And they threw theirs on the ground. And theirs became a snake. The devil will always try to challenge you and your abilities. You'll get ready to do what God called you to do. You'll get ready to preach a sermon. And the devil will get on your shoulder and he'll say, Boy, you're going to bomb today. Oh, look at that crowd. Look at the way they're looking at you. They're not listening to you. They don't even want to hear you preach. He will always challenge to make me doubt. Just a stick is enough. But you know what God did? God wanted to show Pharaoh and he wanted to show Moses that those that I've called and appointed and anointed, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to lift up a standard against the enemy. And about that time, the one stick, one snake, ate every one of the snakes that they had thrown down on the ground. God was wanting to show Moses, you may be insignificant boy, but all power has been given unto me. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I've got this under control. Moses, that was a good show, but don't forget your stick. You're going to need it again. And it became just a stick. I could preach it all. I don't have time to. Go to the water one day. King, you going to let them go? I ain't letting them go. What you got in your hand, Moses? Oh, this talent you gave me back in the desert. Then take that stick. Today, he's ready to throw it. He's like, whoa, don't throw the stick. We ain't doing no more snake shows, all right? Snake handling churches are over. They died that day. He says, what I want you to do is just touch the water. And when you touch the water, I'm going to turn it to blood. Not only am I going to turn it to blood, I'm going to turn the Nile River to blood. Fish are going to come up. It's going to stink so bad to show them I'm God. Take what's in your hand. And an 80-something-year-old man touches the water with a stick. And all of a sudden, it happens. He lifts his rod. The locust comes. It came to the place that people were afraid of just a stick. Because that stick had power and authority. Because Moses was in the hand of God. And he wasn't standing on his own. And everything that Moses did, God was supporting him and pushing him and saying, I've got you back, son. i got you back. So here we are at the Red Sea. Pharaoh's coming this way. There's mountains on either side. The Red Sea, which is miles and miles wide. 
There's no way we can swim across it. Our old people can't do it. Our animals can't do it. We're going to die today. Moses, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? You should have just left us there. And all of a sudden, Moses, what is that in your hand? Oh, mistake. And so he takes his hand and he lifts it up. And when he lifts it up, all of a sudden, the greatest sea around goes and parts. And water is on both sides. And they are walking across. And the ground is not even wet. It is dry. And Moses just holds on to that stick. They get in the middle of the wilderness. Thank God's left them. We should have just turned around and went back to Egypt. We're thirsty, Moses. What is that in your hand? Take it and hit the rock. And when you hit the rock, what's going to happen? Water is going to gush out. And the people of God are going to drink until their bellies are full. And they can't handle anymore. It's amazing what just a stick can do when I get in the hand of God. It's amazing what God can do. Go ahead and play, Sandra. I'm closing, I promise. So dream bigger. Quit thinking God can't use you. My God. Quit thinking God can't bless you. All God uses most of the time is just ordinary, average sticks. Just simple people. So what's that in your hand? Can I ask you that today? Are you willing to lay it down and allow the Lord to use it? Not in a natural way, but in a supernatural way. And then after the Lord uses it in a supernatural way, are you going to stay humble? Don't let pride get in your heart. Recognize If God's not with me, I can't do this. i got to have God with me. Don't allow pride to get into your life when God uses you in the supernatural. After supernatural things happen, after you're faithful and God shows you a sign or a wonder, can you remain humble? Can you stay faithful? A simple stick is all that the Lord needs. Your talent, your experience, your relationship. Your finances, whatever it is. Your voice, your powerful prayers today. Today I want us to, as we close, we're going to pray for Paul today. Paul Stevens, man. I've been praying for him. Haven't y'all been praying for Paul? Today we're going to pray for Paul. Before I close this service now. But I'm going to tell you something. I love on Wednesday nights, about every week, I'm sitting there in that middle aisle in my chair and I look over at Paul Stevens, take up her request and I say, Brother Paul, could you pray for us? And all of a sudden, it's like a man raises up with a stick in his hand. It's called powerful prayer. My God Almighty. And when he prays, I believe heaven pays attention. When he prays, I can feel every word, especially when he says, well, glory, while he's praying because he felt an unction on the inside. It's just a stick, but it's a powerful stick when it's in the hand of God, when you're in his hand and you're holding your talent and you're using it for God. I've come to believe. Are you, are you ready for this? This, this, is the, this is the drop the mic moment. Are you ready for it? I walk around my yard all the time. I have a Labradoodle. Her name is Bailey. Bailey now has an afro like all afros. You wouldn't even believe it. She hasn't been able to get a haircut. 
She's the queen of the Akron. Chocolate brown. We call her doofus head sometimes. She's that so crazy. I will clean my yard. I will cut my grass. I will walk around and get those aggravating sticks that fall out of trees. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one with trees in my yard? And I'm picking them up, picking them up, picking them up. I get the front clean, and all of a sudden I walk in. Man, I got to have some water. Well, Bailey's outside, and when I walk back, this thing like this is in her mouth. She's running around the front yard, to which I say, Give me that stick. She's like, This is my stick. You ain't getting my stick. And I chase her around, her tail tucked. She runs from me. Honey, as after I clean the yard, my dog, sometimes she'll bring sticks about that big. They're the most irritating things. The lawnmower won't cut them. They just cling to the grass. And there'll be about 20 of them sitting around all around the yard. And I, I look at them and I say, Bailey? She's got sticks everywhere. You ready? I believe that God would do more of the supernatural if he could just find more I said, I believe that God could do some things in our churches like we haven't seen in the last 50 or 60 years. If God could walk around. There's Brian's talent. Right. Use your talent, son. It's just a stick. But if you'll get in God's hand while you're holding your stick, everything changes. Everything's better. God can just, God can just give you a stick, sir. Put it in your hand. When God gets a hold of his life, there is no telling what's going to happen. I want to tell somebody today that God is walking around this church. And he is looking down every aisle. I know there's some that are close. He's not going to find any sticks there today. But on the pews that are open, he is looking for sticks. And they're laying around. And I need somebody to say, God, would you pick up that stick? Would you pick up my talent? Would you use me again? I don't care if you're 90 years old. God, would you use me again? I'm willing. I'm willing. It's just a stick. But God, in your hands... In your hands, that stick is a supernatural thing. Let's all stand in the house of God. My God Almighty. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great. You know name above all names. You know that part. Just follow me. You ready? Oh, he has a name above all names, Lord. You are worthy of all praise, yes. My heart will see how great is our God. Lord, today in the name of Jesus, there's people that are sitting there in the sound of my voice. Their gift has laid dormant for years. When they pass by today, they recognize you as you walk by 
and pass by them. I'm asking you that they would say, Lord, this is my talent. It's just a stick. It's nothing special. Am I the best singer? No, I'm not the best singer. But I can sing. Take this stick and use it. Am I the best preacher? Of course not. But Lord, I can preach. Let me give you this stick. Take it and use it. Use me. Let the supernatural take place in my life, in my family, in my church. And for that, I'll give you glory. Just a stick becomes supernatural. Becomes supernatural. Father, today I pray for Brother Paul as a church body today. As I said, we're going to bind together right now. I know Brother Paul was in that hospital bed. As a matter of fact, I was able to speak with him yesterday. I prayed over him yesterday on the phone. And I asked you to reach down and to bring healing and strength to him. He's weak right now. What he needs is strength in his body. And so today, as many times Brother Paul has prayed for us, many times in that back room back there, he and a group of people, I believe it's Tuesday night, get together and pray. Father God, he'd call out to heaven for this church, for miracles to happen. And so today we cry out for a miracle for him. I know, Lord, that he's on up in age and years, and I know that it's harder right now for him to recoup than it would be for someone like myself or someone younger. But when the supernatural happens, age doesn't have any barriers to you, God. You can touch him and raise him up right now and let him live out the rest of his years good so that we can hear those prayers again. Father, touch my dear friend right now and bring healing to him. Touch his wife. Touch his family and help them during this time as well. Bless everyone today in this congregation. My prayer is that they would be used by God. My prayer is that you would protect them and keep them from any viruses or anything they may come near. Keep them safe from it. In the name of Jesus, we declare this so. The church said amen and amen. You may be seated. Now what we're going to do, go ahead, Susan, step into action. We're going to exit from the back to the front. Susan, she's coming.